Top Agents Playbook is for you, the modern real estate professional looking for new and proven ways to grow your brand and dominate your market. I'm Ray Wood, and each week we take a behind-the-scenes look at the very best marketing tactics and strategies required to get you and your message in front of a lot more sellers. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now, let's get started. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm with John Michalides, the author of Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals. John joins us live from beautiful Sarasota, Florida. John, welcome to the show. How are you doing, buddy? Thank you. You had told me to hold up the book. There it is. And I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) We're off to a terrific start. There we go. Better late than never, right? We're working without a net. Just hold that up again. I I just want just hold the book up again. So here's the book, folks, Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals by John. Um, It's uh, fast approaching bestseller status and it does actually break things down very, very easily if you're looking at investing and or if you need to know more about investing. And actually, John and I were, were um, not not stealing your thunder here, John, but we were talking just before I press record that a lot of real estate people have kind of missed the investment bus. So um, John's here to tell us a little bit more about that. Um, now, Cyclone Ian, just uh, as, a, as a side issue, I know that flattened parts of uh, Fort Myers, and you're, you're not far from Fort Myers, are you? So did you cop any uh, effect from the storm? I certainly did. Currently, I uh, own and operate a residential property management company, and oh, yeah. we operate in three counties, and I'm going from north to south, Manatee, Sarasota, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. The next one down is Lee. That's Fort Myers. They right. were wiped out. Yep. One up is Charlotte. We do have not too many properties there, but we had about five properties there that were rendered unlivable. Yeah. yeah. Roof damage, water damage. They're in the process of being repaired. Sarasota, fences blown down. Manatee, a little bit of that too, but it just nipped the the area where I operate. Can I can I ask you a question? I want to get to to your investing in in one sec, but can I ask a question about about Florida real estate? Because um, you know these storms, these these mega storms or these super storms, as they call them, are, are no longer one in a hundred years or one in five hundred years. They they seem to be one in ten years or less, um, and that's having an effect on property. Insofar as a lot of the insurance companies now won't touch them in in many areas. But you can't get a mortgage unless you've got, in, unless you can get insurance. So that means that a lot of these properties is—is is this affecting the, the 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 market value of properties at the moment? I guess post pandemic. No, it's not affecting the market value of properties. We right. have something called citizens insurance, okay. and that's a state-run insurance fund, and it's an insurer of last resort. So if you can't find insurance anywhere else, you can find it through citizens. So you're going to be able to find insurance. Now, um, I suspect that it will become more of a problem as time progresses, but uh, Florida is such a hot market now. Yeah. Obviously, it's it's cooled. We know it's happened over the last few months. But speaking of the last few years, it's been such a hot market, such a large in-migration from all over that, um, you know, we, we haven't really seen any effects with respect yep. to that. Yep. Okay. Okay. Good yet. news. Yeah. Good news. Yet. 
Yeah, well, let's 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 just wait and see what happens. Um, okay, investing, and again, before we press record, you were saying that most when most people think of investing, they think about taking a little bit of money out each month or each week out of their salary, putting it into their in the states you call it a four hundred one k, which is a retirement plan. In Australia, we call that superannuation. In Canada, we got another name for it: RSPs, I think. Um, and I'm sure our New Zealand friends where we have a lot of listeners as well have got another name for it. Tell me, give me a little bit of an overview about your philosophy and your strategies and where you've seen success around investing. Please. Well, let, let, let's talk about, since you brought it up, 401k. What, what a funny name. Why is it 401k? That's Section 401 of the Internal Revenue Code of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. So Section 401k, most people think of investing, they think of IRAs, and they think of 401ks. Essentially, the same thing. One's an employer-based, but for sake of argument, same same thing. Yep. Um, and that's it. The investment, uh, the HR lady at the uh, employer says, you got these four funds you can pick from. Pick one, and we'll take a little bit out of your paycheck every month, and we'll maybe match a little bit of what you put in. And now you're an investor. Yep. Well, no, you're not an investor, first of all. Uh, Second of all, that section 401k, here's something no one will ever tell you. There's also section 401a. A section 401a plan, a qualified retirement plan, gives you all of the benefits of the 401k plan, every single one of them, but you get to control your money. You can buy gold and silver with it. You can buy businesses with it. You could buy the stocks and bonds if that's what you want to do and options and futures. And you are the custodian of your own funds rather than giving it to Wall Street. How come nobody ever tells you that? Well, my thesis is Wall Street wants control of your money. Yep. If you think about what a 401k, employer-based 401k is, it's a HR department facilitated subscription service of your money into Wall Street hands that's backed by the government. Right. Wow, that's quite a subscription service. You don't yeah. get to pull the money out. You don't get to direct the money in any way, shape, or form. You're completely at the whim of the banksters, as I as I like to call them. The banksters. <laughs> which are, you know, faceless, nameless folks in suits in a corporation somewhere that don't know you, don't care about you. And guess what? If something goes wrong, oops, mm-hmm. your money's gone. You don't yep. actually own anything physical. Right. You have an account, which is a claim on a general pool of assets, but you don't own anything. With the 401a plans, qualified retirement plans, since we went down that route, yep. you can hold your own assets. You can buy gold bars and store them in your safe if you want. You could buy houses. You can invest in syndications. So there's an example of a whole universe of possibility that no one has ever told you about. Yeah. Certainly not the HR lady. Okay. Okay, that's what we call in Australia a self-managed fund, mm-hmm. I guess, where you where you're managing it yourself and you can do those things. What mm-hmm. are some? What is? I mean, 
where, where are we in December 2022? We're post-pandemic. Um, property prices have quietened down from their dizzying heights of the last couple of years. You know, values have come off, and I'm generalising, but 5, 10, 15, 20, 30% in some places. Um, where are the investment opportunities at the moment? And, and I guess, you know, like um, how much should people be putting in? Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking, and, and let me um, say up front, I don't know what's right for you, the listener, whoever you are. I don't know what's right for you, and quite frankly, it's not my job to know what's right for you. It's your job to know what's right for you. So I'm going to tell you my thought process and a little bit about what I'm personally doing without getting too specific, but understand my situation is my situation, yeah. yours is yours. So knowledge and awareness is the first step before you start putting money into anything and an assessment of your own needs, wants, and desires before you start investing in okay. anything. So I think there's a good chance that a year from now, the global economy could be much worse than it is currently. Okay, There's a chance. Yep. My philosophy is, always prepare for the worst case scenario so when it doesn't happen you're fine yep most people prepare for the best case scenario and find themselves um, coming up short yep. so what would one do if they believed that the uh, by the way why do i think this um last week i read in the wall street journal that a panel of top economists predict in the United States a 15 to 20% drop in home sale prices uh, from the current level a year from now, right. 15 to 20% drop. Yep. My mind automatically says, well, if that's what they are broadcasting, if that is the seed they are planting to prepare the populace for what they see coming, it's probably really 30, 40% yeah. that they believe yeah. it'll go down, but they can't say that. They don't want to panic. Yeah. So what if that were true? 40% lower prices. I'll give another stat. I read today in uh, Zero Hedge blog, I believe, that um, FedEx is parking planes and canceling uh, delivery routes or cutting down on the number of delivery flights. Uh, the world's largest shipping company, uh, meaning sea traffic, sea voyage shipping, uh, Maersk, is also um, cutting uh, voyages. They call it cutting the number of sales, cutting the number of voyages. Both of these companies are seeing um, major uh, downward shifts in freight traffic. Both of these companies are predicting um, continued uh, decline of freight traffic into the next year. Let's think about that for a second. FedEx and Maersk. Maersk, again, largest sea, sea lane shipping. Yep. If their business is going down, what does that mean? That means all of manufacturing is going down because their business is the business of transporting the goods of every other business. Yep. So if they're predicting a downturn, that means they're predicting general manufacturing downturn. If there's a jet and rather large downturns, 
If there's rather large manufacturing downturns, what does that mean for employment? If if unemployment um, goes up dramatically or the hours um, uh, of work gets decreased dramatically, what does that mean for the economy? So your original question I was answering, what am I doing? What, what are my thoughts? So, and I could rattle off many more things, but the point is I see signposts mm-hmm. that the economy will be dramatically lower a year from now. Okay. Now you could get caught by that, in which case it would be a terrible thing, or you could prepare for that inevitability, not inevitability, but probability, possibility. And let's put it this way. People who make good decisions can help people who have made bad decisions when the economy decreases. Yep. So if, if property values are 40% less, that means properties are on sale. And if you have put yourself in a position where you can help the people who have made poor decisions, it's a win-win for everybody. So how I'll give one example of how I have put that thought process into action. Okay. I had been a limited partner in a syndication that was a land development syndication. A syndication is nothing more than people pooling their funds to take on big projects. A syndication consists of a general partner, and that's usually a team, a general partner with the expertise and know-how and track record in whatever the heck you're pooling your funds to do. And then limited partners who provide capital. So the GPs are the operators, the LPs are the investors that provide the capital, the fuel to make this run. And you could you could syndicate, anything can be a syndication. Yep. When you see a movie, scroll the credits at the end and you see all these executive producers. They're all the investors from the companies that have sunk money into it. Yeah, they're they're LPs. They're limited partners in the syndication that was that movie. So you can gotcha. syndicate anything. Yeah, uh, real estate syndications are are very common, but just it can be in in, in anything. So this particular syndication uh, was land development. They would go to the proverbial farmer and say, look, we want to buy your land, and this is raw agricultural property. And now they would take it through the approval process to get it platted and ready for a subdivision go in. And once they have the approvals, they'd say, look, we got a fully platted and approved parcel for 258 homes or whatever it is, um, and sell it to the the, uh, home builders. Um, And I've been in that for for couple of years and it was a solid like clockwork 20% return annually. Nice. Well, if, if you look, yeah. And they're out there, by the way, there's syndication deals with 10 to 20% returns are very, very common. If you have good operators, you, you have to vet it's like anything else. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly. But if you got a good operators, that isn't an outrageous 
you know, I got lucky. No, it, it's quite common. Another okay. thing no one tells anybody about. Yeah. 401k lady doesn't tell you about that. Okay. So if you're looking in the news, and as you might imagine, I read voraciously. I'm in the Wall Street Journal every day. I'm 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 scouring the world for economic data constantly. Um, home builders are canceling land contracts. They're cutting back on their projections. They're lowering the prices of their current inventories. And the traffic is significantly, significantly down at new uh, developments. Sip water. Well, I see that and I'm thinking, hmm, new homes may not be the place to be a year from now. Resale homes, especially if they're 40% down, I'm not saying they will be, maybe they'll be 20% down. We know they will be down. But resale homes might be a very good place to have your money a year from now. Raw land for new homes might be a horrible place to have your money a year from now. So I cashed out that investment, just funds hit the account on Friday, and what am I going to do with that? That Vegas. Money. You're going to go to Vegas. Ah, yeah. Bam. <laughs> one one bed on black. Sorry, sorry. Inside boys. So, you had to do it. I get it. I, I, I probably would have if you were on the other foot. So I'm in the belief that this is dry powder time. Okay. I, I, I believe that now's the time to wait, watch, pay attention. And as I said before, there may come a time in the not too distant future where people who are making smart decisions can help facilitate the transfer of title from people who have made poor decisions. Okay. Yeah. Because that always happens, doesn't it? In every in every transfer of of uh, of market wealth, that that always goes on. Um, so. Let me ask you a question around that, John, because, um, you know, we have been in this unprecedented boom in the last few years and we've seen, I, th I think I remember seeing Toronto prices go up 30% in one year, so um, which is a lot, but that wasn't in isolation. There was, you know, th this is over, there's been a number of years of, of, of meteoric rises in property prices. So if things come off 20 or 30 percent it doesn't suddenly seem so bad i guess unless you're holding at that higher price regardless of what your investment is am i right yeah i i don't think that we will have a problem uh, look in 08 by the way uh you're talking to a guy who lost everything in 08 right lost your shirt i, I lost my shirt my pants my socks everything um foreclosures on properties I own it was a, I was devastated right that's why I you know smart people learn from their mistakes I hope I'm a smart person so I resolved to never have something like that happen to me again which is why I'm in a much different position uh this time around sorry go back to the question um what was my question I was uh I was interested as to um, 
I actually just wrote down another question. I've just written a bunch of questions down. Go for it. While, we... while, you, while you're here, because I've got there's so much going on at the moment. I, I, there's so much I want to know, and sure. I'm trying to cram as much into this as we can. If you had 100, you, you were talking about keeping your powder dry, um, uh, and uh, you're talking about 2008 when, uh, when it all hit the fan. If you had 100,000 to invest at the moment, and it sounds like you do, but are you keeping your money in the bank? Um, not and you're looking for opportunities. All right. Which opportunities are you looking for? Are you looking for property? Are you waiting for Amazon stocks to rally? What's going on? <laughs> uh, so you know that's exactly the situation I find myself in, and and that's exactly the quandary I find myself in because uh, uh, money needs to be active, right? Mm-hmm. Money loses value when it just sits. So you want to be able to deploy that capital. Now, I told you I'm in a holding period, but that doesn't mean I want to keep it in the savings account at whatever they're given nowadays. I don't even know, 1%. So I'm in the process of contemplating. I'm thinking about um, um, treasury bills, safe, secure, but liquid. When the time comes, I can get out of them quick. I'm actually thinking about um, gold bullion because, again, it's very liquid. See, the thing, um, I, I said gold. Let's talk about that for a second. Gold is not an investment. All right. To me, I have a definition of investment. An investment must cash flow. So stocks, bonds, unless they're high dividend paying, to me, they're speculations. You're hoping the value goes up, but you're not making any money in the time you're holding them. Right. So, so, And gold is one of those things, but unlike a stock or a bond, which is simply a piece of paper, it's an undifferentiated claim on a company whose assets could be worth zero next year, so the paper could, in fact be worthless. Think Enron in the early 2000s. It actually happened to one of the highest flying corporations in the world at the time. What gold is, silver too, in this category, they're hedges against calamity. Look, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, people have trusted and accepted gold as a medium of exchange and a store of wealth. Bitcoin. Let's talk about Bitcoin. People say that's an investment. It's a speculation. It's gambling. It's crypto's gambling. That was my next question. It's bloody gambling, isn't it? Come that's, on. The, speculation is a fancy word for gambling. Yeah. Now let let's be clear. I'm not against you putting anyone, the general you. I'm not against you putting money in crypto if you want to. Back to what I said before. I don't know what's right for you. You don't know what's right for me. But what what I don't want to say aggravated, what saddens me is when people think they are investing when they are gambling, Ray. Do you know Mm -hmm. how many people think they are investors and they don't own one single investment? Everything they own is a speculation. Doesn't mean investments always pay out. 
if you buy a house, a rental house, let's say, that could turn out wrong. You could lose money on that deal. So just because it's an investment versus a speculation doesn't mean you're guaranteed to make money. But a house is a store of value. Hopefully there's cash flow. And if you bought it right, it will appreciate over time. Over time, yeah. That is an investment. Anything that has those characteristics is an investment. But if a house were something that you bought and then kept vacant in the hopes that in 10 years' time it would be worth more, you would not be investing in that house. You would be speculating on the future increase of value in that house. And that's what Bitcoin is. It's a speculation. Yeah. So if you've got that in your blood, which I don't, I'm a 60-year-old man, my, my days of speculation are over. If you've got that in your blood, go for it. I would advise you not to put a 100% portion of your portfolio into speculations. But if you want to put some portion into speculations, fine. Back to gold. Hedge against inflation. Uh, hedge, hedge against calamity. Gold is insurance. Yep. You know, paper money, fiat currency, the US dollar is high and mighty. But there could be a day when people don't want the US dollar anymore. Just like there could be a, there is a day when people don't want Venezuelan currency. There was a day when uh, people no longer wanted the Weimar Republic's um, a currency. All right. So I, I, I defy you to to make a cogent argument that there will come a day when I hand someone a bar of gold and they say, "Now nah, we don't take that here." All right. So it's. Doesn't mean gold, silver can't decrease in value, but the idea is that's something that will never go to zero. Your stocks and bonds can go to zero. Your paper currency can go to zero. Look, I was just having a conversation the other day. Back in the 1990s, I was living in a $365 a month apartment that's probably renting for $2,000 a month today. Right. Has that apartment changed? No. What has happened? Demand. People don't, what has happened is the value of the dollar has decreased. Okay. People don't look at it that way. It's the exact same product that costs me three, six times more. The product hasn't changed. The value of that dollar is, has changed. The six cent candy bar that I could buy as a child, a Hershey bar for six cents is now a dollar 25. Yeah. The Hershey bar has not changed. The value of the paper has changed. Gold, silver, commodities, real things with real value tend to hold their value better over the long term than uh, uh, paper assets. But if, but I, I hear your point, John, but um, if you say that the value of the dollar, dollar and let's call it the US dollar, has, has depreciated over time, um, how do you compare that with 
and I call it food inflation. I think consumers spend 35 to 45% of their disposable income on food to stay alive. And we're in this time of amazing food inflation. I mean, food is just, I don't need to tell you, but everybody knows food. The price of fruit, food is, has gone through the roof. So my dollar's not buying anymore. So isn't it more the fact that that those bananas are twice as much or, or that the packet of breakfast cereal is twice as much um, than it used to be? Well, let, let's, let's, let me not answer directly and stay on that track. We're talking about investing. We're talking about strategic planning. We're talking about the economy possibly uh, breaking. So, if you had money to invest, might the food sector be a wise place to put money in the coming times? I took three trips in the past year. I went down to Paraguay and I visited an orange grove operation, thousands, hundreds of acres of citrus, yeah. rare types of citrus. Um, 60 greenhouses, this one operation, 60. And I'm talking about football field greenhouses, not yeah. little greenhouses in your backyard. Right. Hydroponic greenhouses, peppers, cucumbers, tomatoes. Their model is a syndication model. Individual investors can invest in that agricultural operation. I went to Panama and I looked at some hardwood investment opportunities. I went to Belize and looked at some hospitality indus uh, industry um, um, opportunities. It doesn't have anything to agriculture, but point is I made some trips this year. I'm actively looking for opportunities. I'm not just reading the newspaper. So my point is, if the economy comes down while food is going up, same thing with fuel. As fuel is going up, might you want to not invest in the energy sector? Might you not want to invest in the agricultural se sector? It's not for me to tell you how to do that or what companies to invest in, but that's what a smart strategic investor is thinking. A strategic investor is not sitting in their office saying, woe is me, woe is me, the economy is going to crash. The strategic investor is saying, okay, there's a possibility that such and such is going to happen in the future. If such and such happens in the future, what opportunities are going to be before me that I could possibly take advantage of? Yep. And what red flags and landmines will pop up that I should be conscious of now as I did with that new home construction sector that I was in. Mm, maybe I shouldn't be in that now, and maybe I should go look at some agricultural opportunities. So strategic planning and investing is about being aware of what's going around you on the macro level in terms yeah. of the economy, in terms of employment, in terms of what the Federal Reserve is doing, all of the global central banks are doing. Yep. And then making choices based on intelligence, I guess, yeah. is the best way to say. Yeah. How, and how do you do that? Some logic. You got, but you also have to read. Yeah. 
You have to talk to people. But who who has time to do who has time to do all of that? I mean, if you're in my industry, you're you're if it's daylight, we're out there making, you know, trying to list and sell real estate. So, you know, the majority of real estate people that I know don't have time to do what John Mihalides does and sits down and reads the paper and sees that that Maersk is is reducing their their number of ships or or whatever. We don't have that. So do you have a blog or something that we can so tap into? With all the love in my heart, Ray, nonsense. Okay. Nonsense. All right. Um, I'm. Let me see. Do I have it here? No, I don't. Okay. I was going to show you another book I wrote in, in 07, Beginner's Guide to Building Wealth, Buying Houses. Point is, I've been in the real estate business for 33 years. Right. I've been a real estate broker since I was young and skinny and beautiful, and all my hair was dark. Long, <laughs> long time. I own a residential property management company today. I own rental properties today. By the way, I don't own a single rental property. That's part of planning. Don't put anything in your name. Okay. Don't put anything in your name. Control it through entity structures, but don't put it into your own personal name. So I don't own anything. I control properties. I read the Wall Street Journal. I run my property management business. I've been a broker for 33 years. I have time to do it. You know what time means? You make it. Yep. So you get up at five in the morning, you have your quiet time. You do an hour of reading, have your breakfast. By 7 o'clock, you're ready to go. Yep. Okay. Okay. It's just a discipline. If you want to do it, it's just like people say, I don't have time to go to the gym. Yep. You, you, make, you time make time to go to the gym. Okay. Good point. Fair enough. Um, if you've just joined us, folks, or you've, you've forgotten what the heck we, we're doing here, I'm with John Mahalides, best-selling author of Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals. John, where do we get your book, mate? How do we how do we buy your book? So I have a website that's called Wealth Loop, L-O-O-P. So put the two words together, wealthloop.com, yeah. wealthloop.com. If you go to that site, I've got a few things uh, gratis that you may want to um, uh, take advantage of. We've got five uh, different reports. You can have one or all of them uh, related to the topics of the book that you can choose to uh, download if you like. We also have a quiz, a strategic planning and investing quiz that walks you through a series of eight questions and you're going to rate your answer one to five based on that question. And based on your total score, you're going to get a customized report back as to where you stand with respect to the concepts in the book. And the third thing you might want to take advantage of is uh, the opportunity to purchase the book on the website. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes & Noble. If you choose to get it through our website, you get a 10% discount off the cover price. Awesome. awesome. You, you get free shipping, and we'll also personalize that. I'll sign it for you. Oh, fabulous. Okay, awesome. So, guys, go to Wealth Loop, W-E-A-L-T. W-E-A-L-T-H, Wealth Loop, L-O-O-P.com for John's book. And do you have a blog or something there, John? Do you do a newsletter or updates or your kind of overview as to what's going on? Here's, here's where we stand. The book came out in September. Okay. The website got finished last week. We're okay. starting the podcast tour now. Nice. There will be a blog. 
Okay. There is a blog space on the website that has exactly one blog post. I also plan on doing some kind of, I'm not sure if it'll be a monthly or quarterly update just as to how I'm thinking. Okay. Point is there's a spot on the website where you can go and, 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 and let me see. I have the email address. Ah, you go on the website and you'll find that you'll be able to reach out to me and get yourself on a list. Also, awesome. once we get the ball rolling, okay. connected, connected at wealthloop.com as an email address. Connected right. at wealthloop.com. You're not going to get anything now, but I anticipate we'll be doing some videos and even perhaps events someday so fabulous fabulous i've got a couple more questions for you then then i'm going to let you go but thank you sir so much for your time and and sharing sharing your your wealth of knowledge i mean you've you are you are a walking talking encyclopedia because you've been there and done that i um, love real estate agents yeah. i that, okay that's my life yeah yeah well me too um and property's been so good to to so many of us i've got a property question for you um what we've noticed is, um, and I just listened to, re- to a really interesting podcast, it's called We Regret to Inform You, and it's a story of successful entrepreneurs that were rejected before they, before they uh, uh, did really well. And it was a story on Brian Chesney and Joe Jebbia, the guys from Airbnb, um, one of many. Uh, James Dyson's on there as well. There's some, some incredible um, Jay-Z, the, the entertainers there. There's some incredible stories. But uh, around the whole short-term uh, stay market, Airbnb and, and that kind of thing, because that seems to have grown and grown over time. I'm, I'm personally involved in it um, with, with some property and, and it's been very, very good to me. Um, I love the Airbnb app. But is that something that, that people could, could be looking at for, for investing in? in uh, I mean, it's a little, it's more hands-on than putting somebody in at three grand a month and, and, uh, and taking the rent. But is that something that you look at in your book at all? I don't. It's not even something that I, I have any expertise whatsoever. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm straight up about what I know and I'm straight up about what I don't know. My residential property management company, Strictly does annual rentals. We gotcha. purposefully choose not to be involved in the hospitality space. If we're yep. honest about what the um, short-term rental, vacation rental market is, you have a hotel, maid service, nice fork, spoons, cleaning, the whole shebang. Yep. But instead of all your rooms in one building, they're spread out. So. It's a viable investment, no doubt about it, very labor-intensive, very management-intensive. It's not something I've chosen to be in simply because I find what I do to be lucrative enough that I don't need to. You don't need to. No, fair enough. Okay, I hear you. Um, John, what about what about bank stocks? They've always been, they've always mm-hmm. been a fairly solid investment Um over time, some of the better banks. Is this something that's uh, that's on your radar? No. Okay. And the reason is, what word did I use before? Do you remember? Uh, speculation. No, banksters. <laughs> oh, banksters. Okay. Let me let me it just, tell you. It just rhymes with gangsters. Let me tell you about my experience in 08. Um, I lost my shirt in 08. I was yep. not prepared as I am today. 
So there I found my, this is what you do if you're a thinker and if you're strategic. You don't, you know, crawl up in a ball and cry. I did that for 10 minutes. Let's sure. not lie. Yeah. Let, let's not lie about that. But okay, 10 minutes is up. Get up, hike up your shorts and figure out what's what you're going to do. I scanned the horizon and I said, what do we got to work with here? Remember, I'm a real estate broker. We've got short sales and we've got foreclosures. Yep. That's what we're going to have for the next few years. So I started flipping short sales. And in a year, the hole was filled in and I was starting to create a little mound for myself. Okay. As a matter of fact, that's why I eventually got into the property management business in 2012, because now I had accumulated a little pile of cash, little pile of working capital. And I said, now what? Remember, 2012, there's still the foreclosures going on. There's still vacant properties all around. I said, okay, they're not going to bulldoze these properties. People's credit is destroyed. They're, the sales market is not going to be what it was for a while. We just saw what for a while means. It was what we were waiting for, right? We sure. all know the market is cyclical. Yeah. We were in a trough. Now we just are coming out of a boom. So I said, okay, we've got all these houses and we've got people that aren't going to be able to buy them. They're not going to move under a bridge. They're going to be renters. Yep. Then I looked into property management businesses. I didn't have property management experience at the time. I bought into a franchise, uh, thinking that that would be the 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 solution course to take. Yeah, and it proved to be uh, a smart choice. Uh, the the main thing you have to to cultivate to be a successful investor is a broad awareness of what is going on. And the capacity to think for yourself, MSNBC is not going to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. They are going to tell you what benefits the powers that be. Yep. Doesn't mean everything they say is a lie. It means that everything is going to be slanted towards a particular agenda. And that agenda is not your personal agenda you are the only one that can decide what your what is best for your personal agenda so you must be a knowledgeable person you must be a reader and then if you decide that you're interested in gold and silver go to a gold and silver conference one weekend if you decide you're interested in multifamily investing go to a multifamily investing conference one weekend if you decide you're you want to learn about the energy sector go to an energy uh, sector conference one weekend start going to conferences and start learning i don't know which sector you should pick you need to decide which sector you should pick not only for the 
speakers, the education, the enlightenment that you're going to receive, not only for the booths of exhibitors that you're going to be able to talk to and get a lay of the land in that industry, but the people going to these events are going to be people just like you. Some of them are just starting out to figure out what's going on in that sector. Others are going to be multi-multi-millionaires in that sector that are going to be more than happy in that environment to talk to you. So the connections you make with like-minded people. Okay. Very important. So get informed is is your message. Um, John, it's been a blast. Thank you so much. Again, folks, I've been with John Mihalides, author of Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals. You can get that at John's website. There she blows. Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals uh, by John. You can buy that book at wealthloop.com or you can reach out to John. The email is connected at wealthloop.com. Thank you, sir. It's been a blast. Hopefully, it's a long time before the next storm. One thing, real estate agents, brothers and sisters, you spend all your days helping other people achieve their real estate goals. Start investing in yourself today. Good advice. Doesn't mean you go out and buy a property today, but it means you start developing a plan today. Good advice. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you.